Yo, 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 welcome to another edition of the Geeky Bros Podcast. I'm your boy Tactics. Yo, it is just Darcy here. And this is Big Geek Umar. How you bros doing today? Pretty good, pretty good. good. It's Friday. Yeah. Happiest Friday for me. Oof. Oof. I like that. Happiest Friday. That's good. Happiest Friday, yes. All right, we got a... We got a bit of a stacked, another stacked set of uh, agenda. <laughs> Shall we jump right in? Let's do it. Mm-hmm. All right. Just just a big, a quick piece of housekeeping. For those of you who are new to the channel and who are not watching us live, uh, please check the uh, description for the timestamp for the topic that you want to go to. Just click right there. You'll go right to it. All right. Started it off with a trailer that dropped, if I believe correctly, it was yesterday, having to do with the Spider-Man 2 game for PS5. Now, I'm not one for video games. I know it's weird. I don't know why. It's just, I don't know why. Because you're lame. <laughs> no, it, it's not that I don't enjoy them. It's just that I just never really had. Maybe it's because my parents didn't let me have them when I was a kid. Anyway, nonetheless, <laughs> we're having a um, moment here. <laughs> yeah, we, we, I went into like a deep dive psychoanalysis point. I'm like, what? What is my reason behind it? Anyway, uh, I, I'm not huge into gaming. However, that was one dope motherfucking trailer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like, yeah, I, I'm I'm gonna I'm toss this to Darcy because he's our resident <clears throat> game player when it comes to uh, the Spider-Man games. Unless T, am I am I misrepresenting you? Did you do you play the not game? Not at okay. all. Not at all. All right, Darcy, I'm gonna volley it to you, man. Uh, how about you uh, lead this uh, analysis? Yeah, or trailer so, reaction, I should say. Yeah, so they dropped a trailer for Spider-Man Two, and one thing I gotta say right out of the gate is now um, I played Spider-Man, uh, Spider-Man, and Spider-Man Miles Morales like post them coming out because they came to PC later, and I got a PC and I don't I don't have a, a PlayStation Five, um, but I've <laughs> loved them. Like I don't really like playing single-player campaign games, but I kept hearing about how amazing they were. I jumped in on that first one when it came to PC out of interest, fell in love with it, and like it's just a thing now, um, and. So I don't remember when they dropped them that they put out like a story-based trailer for the first two games. Maybe a little bit from Alice Morales, but I feel like I remember them being more like hinting, like most video games where they show you a lot of clips, they show you a lot of things that interest you, but you don't feel like you get like a like a like a movie kind of trailer. And this was like a movie kind of trailer. Like they were telling you story points about Craven's going to be in it, showing you Venom, like not just the, the uh, Venom when he's on Spider-Man, but like when he becomes full Venom. Um, showing you uh, Harry Osborn is going to be in there, but not showing you anything related to the Green Goblin. But I mean, like, the Venom is looking on point. So, and I'm also, if Green Goblin's in here and we get that cackle in the game, ooh, because I'm telling you, when you're playing this game, these games are very highly immersive and they really give you this feeling of being actually peter parker or miles morales in new york city because uh like there's mechanics in the game that i think is really interesting because like uh for instance when you have like a game like grand theft auto you would have these like side missions that would always be hitting you up like on a phone trying to intrigue trying to get you to do the next thing whereas this it's always very immersive like this you're always getting a phone call and you automatically answer it you don't have to like manually do it and it, it really keeps you in there so when i see like this version of like venom and whatnot and you end up some point having to play like you're going back and forth between miles and peter and you're gonna have to play miles fighting probably peter parker at some point 
uh, in the Venom suit, and then you're probably going to have to play both of them fighting against Venom in some capacity uh, when he becomes the full Venom. That fear that I'm anticipating feeling in this game, and then if we get the, we get the Green Goblin cackle, and like when you play this, you're I'm headphoned in, so like I locked in with the sound. Oh, if I hear that, if I hear like a 3D sound of like I'm I'm swinging between build, buildings, and I'm hearing the cackle swinging like flying around me. That's dope. Woo, woo, that's gonna be something. <clears throat> so I'm I'm hyped for this, right? Like for me. These games are like Spider-Man of all things right now is hitting strong, right? We have yeah. we 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 have uh, Tom Holland Spider-Man that's been going strong, but the the Spider-Verse movies have been way better for me in my opinion. And y'all don't know because you ain't touching it, but the video games for me are like on the same level as Into the Spider-Verse because. It has an immersion element that you're experiencing it, and that just makes it really, really exciting. So I'm as excited <clears throat> after seeing that trailer for this <clears throat> as I am watching Beyond the Spider Verse. Like that's that's my anticipation level between for this. Like I'm just I'm telling you. And the thing is, like in these games, they really capture a lot of things. Like for when it's the Peter Parker version, when uh, in the first game, one of my favorite things is um the spider cop when he would be talking to this female detective and every time she would call and they were like oh. talking about the next mission he would be like hold on i need to bring on spider cop and he goes into like the 1950s detective voice and does this whole random dialogue and just pisses <laughs> her off and you're like this is so good why is this happening it's so on point for the character to just have this sprinkled and it was like not like one or two times it was the whole game it was sprinkled in er almost every other time they talked to the point that you felt how annoyed she was <laughs> because you're like man this guy is just off the rails at times like he's just doing way too much she'd hang up on him mid-conversation it'd be great <laughs> so <laughs> um but yeah i'm i'm hyped off of this trailer i mean they've been hit it out the park two times back to back <laughs> and i know they're putting a lot of work into this the fighting mechanics fighting with the venom suit looks like it's going to be crazy so yeah i am if you haven't picked up yet thoroughly excited you're all in man <clears throat> oh i mean i was all in after the first <laughs> game after like the first day of playing and i was like this is good so yeah also also the first game was only the main island of New York. Now they're opening it up into the second game. So they're expanding it to so like Queens and all this stuff. Like they're actually, so like you're actually going to be going to like where Peter actually like grew up with Aunt May and stuff like that. Like you, it's going to get even, uh, even bigger in New York City. So that's just like, I'm always game for more to explore, right? Because this game is even fun after you're done playing it. Sometimes just to swing around and look at New York City. So I get more, more to swing on. I'm in. <laughs> Apparently, uh, our our, uh, our fan Nudge is uh, my cousin is uh, from Staten Island, and he's thinking he can swing past his house. <laughs> <laughs> you, th th that that would be really actually dope. Like it's like just stop and like take take screenshots because he has like he can take photos of himself. So you'd be like, 
<laughs> I, got I know this. people have done that actually. Uh, people uh, were posting online that they, they uh, like their apartment. They they like crawled <laughs> up right next to their window and like and took a sneak a screenshot. Imagine or, if you uh, could see yourself in the game as you're doing that. <laughs> that would be some trippy shit. <laughs> that would also cross a lot of lines. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, ooh. You're like Ooh. you're like playing the game. There's like there's like a little camera rolling up on your window <laughs> outside. You're like you're like roll your Spider-Man back down. The camera the like, like, like drone goes down. It's like going up and down. You're like I I, I don't know how I feel about this. But I also what about, what about that girl from back in high school? No, I'm <laughs> So T, uh, um, like I okay. So just from my perspective, I am someone who has played the first game briefly. Like I went to someone's house, they passed me the remote, I played it, I, I realized just how freaking awesome it is. Uh, I went over to another friend's house, he had beaten the game, but he was like doing all the like side quests and like all the different like different outfits. And I was just sitting there, I'm like, yo, how many outfits did you unlock? And he was like, bro, you don't even know. So like, that's my extent. I enjoy watching it, I enjoy playing it every now and again, but like, I wouldn't say that this is something I'm looking <clears throat> forward to in the sense that I'm going to t- partake in. Hey, but man. I am interested. I'm interested to hear what people say about it, and also if there's going to be any like significant like lore uh, additions or any kind of like awesome, um, you know, uh, aspects uh, that like people don't know about. So like I- I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to hearing about it. But I, like I'm not going to be someone who's going to play it. Uh, how about you, T? Yeah, I can't say that. Uh, like I mean, I'm actually. I would love to play it. I just. I just can't afford a PS5 right now, so that's not happening. Um, However, term- <clears throat> the first game came out on PS4, so just 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 throw it out there if you happen to own a PS4. No, I have no. a PS3, so yeah, yeah, that, that, I know I'm with you. A, yeah, so um, yeah, I think the last Spider-Man game that I played was actually on like PS1, like the PlayStation. So yeah, they've been um, upgraded since then. <laughs> yeah, 100. I mean, I'm looking at like the cinematics and everything, and it, it it plays like an actual movie, which is really interesting. Like I was watching the trailer, and I was like, "Yo, I actually want to see this movie." Like, like legit, right? So, yeah, I was really impressed by it, and the gameplay looks really, really dope from what I've seen. Um, I want to actually go. Like, it's I've seen enough to the point where I actually want to go and invest in at least a PS4 and play the original, like the the first game, and then the Miles game, and then eventually get onto this one. Go um, fund me. Go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> yeah, not not to comment there. Go fund me for Tactics PS5. <laughs> I mean, if yeah. you're going to invest, you might as well go PS5 at this point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I yeah, was yeah. Just don't, don't get yeah. a console that you can only play one of the two games because yeah. you can get the PS5 and play the PS4 version. I literally bought somebody the PS4 version because they couldn't, they didn't have a PS5 version, yeah. and the P, and then Miles Morales, which is only PS5. I bought them both for like for like a birthday gift. So, how much like, is a PS5 going these days? Uh, probably still like 400 bucks. I don't know. I'm gonna guess like oh, four five hundred bucks. Oh, so uh, okay. Like so I just looked at most consoles. So Amazon, Walmart, and Best Buy Canada are all looking between six fifty to seven thirty. Oh yeah, so that's still jacked up because of low quantity. Um, but that that's for, for your birthday next year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Get you all three games. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> the, <laughs> the first two games are only 20 bucks. Third one will be more expensive. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I like what I saw and the Spider-Man games are always fun. It's always like Darcy was saying, it's always fun to 
you know, even if you're not doing the campaign events, to just do just to swing around and explore, like a hundred percent, right? So yeah, I I, always, I actually enjoy games like that, like that, and like the the Arkham games as well. Like those same are company, really, really fun. Yeah, it's, so. it's the same company that did it, and I honestly yeah. prefer the fighting mechanics in Spider-Man over Batman. Like I just well, find yeah, it more enjoyable. Yeah, of course, because there's so yeah. much like, more you can do. Right. Oh, it's it's so much like I, I was fighting all throughout the first game and then I got to Miles and I was like, I didn't even think about this. Like I do a lot of tricks where I stay in the air, picking people up, throwing them, beating them in the air and throwing them back down to hit somebody else. <laughs> and I'm like, this is so inventive. And you and there's different ways. Like every I've seen people play completely differently in their fighting style because there's so many like <laughs> up and down mechanics. So. Hmm. <laughs> I guess it's this comment. Yes. <laughs> so, <and laughs> Nudge was saying, I feel like there's somebody out there who will buy T a PS5 in exchange for training. So for those of you who don't know, Tactics is a uh and and like Darcy and I and Nudge can all uh, attest to it. He's an excellent trainer. And uh if y'all want to get him a PS5, he could train you. Yeah. Getting that yeah. craven shape. Yeah. Yeah, 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 that's what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. All right. So, uh, any last comments before we move on? Nah, that's pretty much nah. it. Cool. I hope they yeah, release this right. on PC right away. That's my that's my comment. I hope <laughs> I don't have to wait. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair, actually. <laughs> that's fair. Uh, as someone who going back to something you said, Darcy, about like how uh, the Spider-Man uh, franchise is killing it right now, it is really sad, and I mean really sad that what spawned spider-man is the comics and the one item in his entire franchise this is going badly right now is the comics but mm-hmm. literally every other aspect like animation uh movies animated movies <laughs> video games all are looking like they're killing it right now but the comics is is that just like a, a Marvel problem? Because you're saying Spider Man's not going well. Miss Marvel has been not going very well. Isn't Miss Marvel was is the same guy? <laughs> the same guy did it in Spider Man. So is it just one guy messing up the Marvel comic universe? <laughs> kinda, kinda. Because <laughs> like the X Men stuff is all completely separate. That is kind of doing its own thing and also going down its own. Like it's like it's doing like this, mm. like going up and down. But with Spider-Man right now, it's in a nosedive, and it took Miss Marvel with them. Oof! And that's why people are even extra pissed at this guy. Like he was already getting threats uh, if going to Comic Con. Not that anyone's going to. Well, people are at Comic Con, but like not anyone behind uh, the. Anyway, <clears throat> but this guy is like just like he's bringing the ship down, and he's taking a few others with them. And everyone's just waiting for his contract to be over so that everyone can be like, okay, talk to Mephisto. Get this all erased and let's start anew. Mm. Mm. So, yeah. Uh, I am glad that uh, everything else is keeping Marvel afloat. Uh, sorry, so uh, Spider-Man afloat. But, like, yeah. Comics, not so much. Damn. Yeah. On that note, moving on. So, uh the uh, speaking of trailers, the recent trailer for I should say the the most recent trailer, uh, so that's the second trailer, the full length trailer for the Marvels came out last night at midnight. Uh, I woke up to it and I was like, ooh, and I will say that I well no actually I'll I'll hold off I I, I want to hear what my bros have to say before I jump in. So T, let's start with <laughs> you, man. I know the last trailer wasn't your 
your thing. Don't However, I, it, I don't care. <laughs> did you even watch the trailer? I did watch the trailer. I don't care. Darcy, what are your thoughts? <laughs> you wow. know what? You know what I love is that his level of caring about not caring interrupted you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's it, it's, it, it's so not caring. Yeah, yeah. I know. Uh, I watched the trailer. Um, I saw that you posted it, and then I was on YouTube, and I saw it pop up again. I saw, well, I saw a guy's reaction video, and I was like, oh, I should probably go watch that. Not, not the reaction video, but just like watch it for myself. <laughs> and so, I don't, I don't want to watch a trailer reaction before I've actually watched. I it, hear you. They, I, they I, stop. I, I just... They stop and talk too much. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like play it. <laughs> I, I will say that like it's funny that people are starting to watch the reaction stuff before the actual thing, and I'm like, really? But. Uh, they need somebody anyway, else's opinion. But um, I will say that the Marvels themselves look a little bit more of a team than they did in the prior stuff. Mm-hmm. I won't say that it feels like um, the best ragtag group. They've been around a block and like blah, blah, blah. Like, and I know they're just coming together, but like. I won't say the chemistry is like unbelievable. I feel mm-hmm. like it's three individuals who are really good and with the right moments written into the script, there'll be some good moments, but I won't say that it feels like um I don't know, like when you watch like Ted Lasso and you look at uh oh my gosh, I can't think of the names right now, but the woman who runs the football club and her best oh, right, friend. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Where like like they like you you're like, are they real friends in real life? And then you find out they're real friends in real life, right? Like it's yeah. like it's like it doesn't feel like that homogenous, you know, or, or the right word for it. Um, but I will say it feels like villain of the week. Like it feels like this villain is as like Thor Ragnarok, part two. Right, like, like I, as much as they made uh, her, um, like I'm going to Thor, Thor Ragnarok. As much as they made Thor's sister feel this very big thing, uh, she's not memorable to me. Like I just, I don't, I don't feel the weight of that villain. And I see this villain, and I'm like, I feel like I'm gonna like spend most of the movie trying to watch it for the laughs of mostly Miss Marvel playing <laughs> off of everybody else. And I'm gonna watch it almost like an action comedy, and mm-hmm. more of the comedy. And I, I look at this villain. And I'm like, who is this person? I don't really care. And it feels like another big blue light in the sky kind of problem. Question: Did you feel that way about the first Guardians villain? Yeah, good question. Because um, obviously, there's like a tie-in here, or it's a successor yeah, or something. Because like, I see, I see a weapon being reused. Um, yes. But it's slightly more memorable. I would say that that villain was presented a little bit more intensely in the very beginning when he does the whole like swinging the hammer and you see the blood going. You're like, oh, okay. Like that yeah, he felt. Bathes that... The, he bathes in their blood. Yeah. And so <laughs> that moment makes you feel like, wow, this guy's going to feel like how Thanos felt when we got to Endgame. And then he wasn't as, as strong as that. <laughs> But, um, but. <laughs> Sorry, the way you said that was hilarious. And then it, he wasn't. <laughs> it's true, though. Like, it, it was a great setup in that first scene. And then it was, the rest of him just didn't feel like it, it hit that strong. I, but, I, I but you. he's still more memorable because of Peter Quill's dance off. Because 
you can't think you can't not remember a moment where a guy is ultra serious and then is completely befuddled by a guy doing a Kevin Bacon dance off like it's that that's gonna be a memorable moment to remember a villain can you imagine if, if like Peter Quill pulled that on Thanos like what would that moment look like what would Thanos I, reaction look like <laughs> to Peter Quill like doing a little like mm, don't look behind me I'm gonna go to do this you know <laughs> kind of a thing while, like <laughs> while Peter's like in the background like putting together some like technology to take down Thanos like you know like that moment would just stick in your brain um, right. But yeah, I would say that that villain okay, is is a little bit more forgettable, but he's not he's not the worst because the movie is more quality. This just feels to me like Hera, like it's just going to be like I'm not going to remember nothing about this person by the time we're done this film. Like I'm going to be like, cool, they had to fight her, she had powers, they had to overcome her powers. <clears throat> and that's it like that's all it feels like it's going to be to me it's not like again thanos is a prime example or there's other people who are prime examples where um they're like um uh oh my god i can't think of it right now but uh where, where they have a motive that you empathize with and understand where they're coming from and this i just they presented nothing to me that, other Fair than enough. it's just like she's mad that the other guy died or something or like lost right and she's going to have more power and she's a threat to the universe that's what it feels okay. like to me okay uh t just to circle back because uh nudge was asking why <laughs> no care he said that a lot more uh emphatically but I, I, i'm just i'm just going to tone it down a little bit honestly i don't for me with both marvel and dc the tra I don't know what it is, but somehow, like, a lot of these trailers aren't really doing it justice for me anymore. And I think a part of it is just because there's been a lot of just, like, empty promises, right? Like, The Flash, for example, was very overhyped. And we loved that trailer. We, we loved it. all those trailers, yeah. And, I, okay. Okay. and I drank the Kool-Aid and then went into that movie and I was very underwhelmed. Like... Didn't hate the movie, but also didn't live up to the gigantic, you know, hype that it was that it led us to be, believe that it was right. And so, every time I see like a Marvel or a DC trailer going forward, I'm just kind of like, okay, this is just a lot of like hot, flashy stuff being shown in you my face. But I don't trust it anymore. It's just kind of like. All right, I don't know what the storyline is. I'm not captivated by any of these visuals. It's not it's nothing I haven't really seen before in the past. So, yeah, like I'll believe it when I see it kind of thing. But as of right now, like I had no anticipation to watch this film to begin with and I still don't have any real desire to rush out and go see it. I'll watch it for sure uh cuz I haven't completely given up on these superhero movies, but yeah, they, they just don't do much for me anymore, man. That makes me so happy. Wow. T, honestly, the, like the reason, like you feel like my brother right now because I remember this is this is like this is a while now. This is before you even started doing the podcast. But like I used to tell you that the Man of Steel trailer broke my heart, and ever since <laughs> then, I just don't trust trailers anymore. Now, granted, I was speaking about DC specifically, but mm -hmm. and and for you, it's kind of escalated to like both DC everything. and Marvel. It's everything. Yeah. yeah. So like for me, I'm just like, 
brother, I feel you. I know what you're saying. I've been there. Like, put it this way. I never thought there would come a time where there's, like, so many different superhero shows out right now. Like, um, I haven't even watched um, what? Not Agents of Shield. What's the other one? The the new Secret one. Invasion. Secret Invasion. I haven't watched anything yet. Yeah, and see that reaction right there. I'm just like, oh, okay, that's what I'm getting. So I call Secret Invasion character assassination show. Yeah, but it's just like, you know, back in the day, like I, I think back to the era of like, like Daredevil, Sa- Sam Raimi's like Spider Man and X Men. Where it was like, that's all we got. And we were excited to go out and watch those movies. And we saw them multiple times because those movies were so far and few between. And now because, and I don't want to bring it back to like it being like a, a case of like superhero fatigue. I don't think that's what it is. I just think that there's so much. We're being so inundated with all of these superhero movies. But there's not there's not enough quality being put out. It's more, it's more uh, quantity. Fluff. Yeah, it's all fluff. And they're just, they're just. Bring, they're just dishing them out one after the other just for the sake of doing it now. It's not even – I feel like there's no real direction anymore or no no end goal. It's just kind of like, yeah, let's just get all of these things out. And, you know, I know the topic of discussion in, a, in the later podcast part of the show is going to be about Aquaman. And, again, that's another one. Like, I'm just kind of like – I feel like there's no heart behind any of these shows anymore. It's just all a money grab. And that just doesn't pique my interest at all. I, I I respect that. And I to, respect to that. Nudgem's point, the yeah, the director who who made uh, Candyman remake that that movie was ass. So yeah, that, <laughs> like I'm sorry, that movie sucked. So I'm sorry, I didn't see get Candyman, but that reaction was hilarious. Yeah, it was uh, no, see, like a hundred percent. I can I I can relate to that, and like I think a lot of articles are being released right now because like people are people are trying to blame this on superhero fatigue but everyone else is like no give us good movies like yeah and darcy i think you even brought this up you're like if we had superhero fatigue would beyond the spider-verse sorry uh, across the spider-verse be doing as well as it did no we want good, point. good shit and yeah. the problem is we've gotten such like i i think what happened with endgame was it wasn't that like we we got well, I think you said that you were, but I think predominantly what Endgame did tactics is that it gave us quality and took it to the next level. It it, it let us end on quality. It also gave us and, conclusion, which also conclusion. felt yeah. like yeah. like like it felt like Marvel was wrapping up. And then we had No Way Home. Uh, now, some people argue whether that's quality or not, but I I consider it a quality. Yeah. And then on top of which, we we then got like intermittent uh, good TV series, but a shit ton of those. Yeah, and then, I mean, I, at this point, this is like when you're saying that the TV shows, this is I think this is Disney's fault. I think it's it comes down 100%. to the top level leadership and the goal for for Disney Plus to be something and ruined many, not even just Marvel properties for the sake of quantity over quality. Yeah. and yeah people people just be tired like and they want different they're tired of, they're tired of like barely possible yeah because the novelty is worn off it's not enough to just put out a 
like exactly. a superhero movie. There has to be some like actual substance Meaning. now, right? Like, because yeah. even with say what you will about like the the, the previous X Men films, like we ate that shit up. But like, if we go back, or like even Spider Man, for example, like what you brought up, right? Like when, when that first came out, we were all like, we didn't care. Like we didn't oh, know any better. Times. Yeah, we loved that movie. And then going back, you're kind of like, ah, okay, well, yes. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. But Ooh. it paved it paved the way because of the novelty, right? But now that the novelty is worn off, that shit's not gonna fly anymore. You can't just give us a superhero movie just for the sake of, oh, it's a superhero movie. Like it doesn't work that way anymore, right? Like we we've been so bombarded with all of these superhero movies now that we need something of quality. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. I had a really interesting thought to throw out here for you. When we were young, and uh, when, we say, when we were young watching this stuff, our parents, more than most of them, wouldn't know what this stuff is, right? There's obviously no. always been some OGs from, from time, right? From the 50s who know something. But um, they, they wouldn't know and they wouldn't care. So it was a kid's thing. And we were kids and our brains were lesser developed. And so we were uh, enjoying more of simple things right agreed now we're older and you could argue that some of these movies are built for the kids that are younger right as in they would younger kids might enjoy dr strange or uh ant-man uh whatever that maybe like the star wars prequels like that was made for kids yeah and the adults but but hold up, we, we see we get to a point here we get to a point oh, here sorry. okay sorry, sorry, so sorry, someone sorry. could argue that that stuff is meant for younger kids and, it, and we'd be like well it's not for us but here's the thing that's a, that's a flawed argument in my opinion i don't i don't agree with it but what i would think that, that they're not realizing the people at the studio is making that kind of a decision based off of oh it's for kids you know calm down you're an adult is well we grew up watching this stuff now we're the 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 people who want to continue it we're putting the dollars in and we are also the people who might block the kids from watching it because yeah. if we're like hey yeah hey, we gotta go watch it i mean like, this kid's like i want to see it i'm like nah i'm not seeing that one and i'm not paying for you to see that one because <laughs> i'm not doing it because like i'm i'm paying as much attention as you are and that one ain't worth it right and so they they have to realize it's like there has to be both quality and you have to find a, a, a right balance for the ones that are meant for everyone. But we also need more superhero stuff that's not meant for everyone. Deadpool, I hope, is starting something there. Like the Batman is an absolute must continue. And it doesn't and we don't need everything to be in that dark tone, but we need it because there are people who are not children who want to go watch this stuff. And don't want to watch a Batman film every single time that's like jovial and lighthearted and not showing the grimness of the real stories that we know how grim they get. So, yeah, I don't know. I just I thought I, thought I wanted to put out there. I hear that. Um, going back to uh, the original topic about, about the Marvel's trailer, I will say that I, I thoroughly enjoyed the trailer. Um, now, to be fair, I was a fan of the first trailer as well. But this trailer, a mixture of having Iman Vellani in it like she still kills it. Secondly, I really enjoyed the uh, display of abilities and also how they're going to like maximize the power intake and also like the fact that they're like it's going to be like a proper action film and a comedy. So like uh, Darcy, I, I think you hit the nail on the head on that one. That like it's going for action comedy vibe, and I'm liking the uh, the uh, comedy uh, mostly because it has Iman Vellani. But the action stuff 
from what I've seen, looks good. I'm really hoping that's not the only action we're going to get, but nonetheless. So <laughs> You've already seen it all, yeah. Mars. It's only like 30 more seconds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and just like, if that happened, I'll be like, well, that hurt. But nonetheless, I will say that what I... I want a quality sh- a story. And when <laughs> we were first watching superhero films, I was critical because I wanted more. What I'm believing is happening now is that I'm now now not the only one wanting more. Because actually it's like you said, the novelty is worn off. So it's like, okay, so give us some actual like proper shit. And for example, Black Panther 2, uh yeah, they had to like they had to redo the whole film, but they grounded it based off of grief and they grounded it in terms of like real emotions and stuff. Same with the first one. It was dealing with something very visceral. And yeah, there's some there's some comic like like uh like in the comments not just saying that like uh comics are goofy inherently. Absolutely. There is a level of suspension of disbelief due to the fact that it's a comic book movie. Fair enough. But what we want is some level of sincerity. Not sorry, not sincerity. uh, Some level of like nuance. And MCU was giving us beginnings of nuance. The problem was they kind of, after Endgame and a little bit, and also, no, actually, I would say the TV series has kind of proved that they don't really know how to do TV series the way we want them to. And for me personally, uh, Secret Invasion, you guys all know I was hyped for it. And watching it has been like a great disappointment week by week. Uh, so T, don't, like, don't worry about it. I'll give you cliff notes about it or something like that. Appreciate it. Uh, yeah. And like I have moments that I enjoy, but predominantly I find it to be a character assassination of Nick Fury. Sorry, Nudge. Um I'm hopeful that this uh, film, the Marvels, because I don't know why I'm feeling this hopeful towards it, but like I'm hopeful that this, the Marvels, is going to continue the enjoyment I had for uh, WandaVision and also for uh, Ms. Marvel. Those are my two favorite uh, MC uh, um, uh, Disney Plus series by far, and aside from uh, WandaVision's uh, third act and also Ms. Marvel's like villain issue, most of that, like, well, no, not not Ms. Uh, WandaVision, but Ms. Marvel's issues mostly had to do with the COVID. But WandaVision just kind of dropped the ball in the last episode, uh, because of the third act problem that we've discussed in the past. Nonetheless, those are my two favorite, and I'm really hoping that they continue that, and it feels like they're continuing it. Because I think they have one of the writers from WandaVision there. But also, not that this is saying much, this trailer makes it look like if this was Captain uh, Marvel 2 instead of the Marvels, this already looks significantly better than the first Marvel movie, uh, Captain Marvel movie. Again, not saying much, but like these things all add up to me feeling very hopeful about it. Also, Iman Vellani's badass, and I actually really like Teona. Uh, I forget her last name all the time, but nonetheless. So that's why I, I have hope for the Marvels. And yeah, I just like, I just, I'm just down for it. Yeah, well, I'm going to be the bummer here. Um, I'm I'm still really skeptical of this film because um, it feels paint by numbers. And what I mean by that is, 
um too often i feel like these superhero films are um i don't there's a there's a phrasing or terminology for this i can't remember what it is but when you ask like a high schooler to start writing stories right as like part of like a language class right you they will give you a story writing that's very much like this person does this then this person does this then this thing happens and this is the consequence and then this person has to interact with this person and just like things that happen formulaic what's that formulaic yeah i guess and then when you actually want to write tell a really good story you have to ask the question of what is the story trying to tell you and you could look at like say some of the gardens of the galaxy and it's trying to tell you about um trauma and overcoming trauma it could talk about like creating family out of strangers right as part of what it's trying to tell you you could look at uh infinity war and endgame and it's what is what happens when the heroes can't actually achieve the, t- the task at hand like what 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 becomes of that to those people um and you know we can find ways to relate to that or we can it can be grandiose beyond us but it still asks a question and provides a version of that answer and a question usually one that's hard in answering and gives us all different types of interpretations and then you get movies that are just like it doesn't ask really a question it's just things that happen to meet objectives of a larger storyline but the individual stories don't ask their own strong questions or if they do they're not ones i care that much about and if i don't care i don't grasp like it doesn't it doesn't hit me then i'm like i cool like i'm sure that movie where the giant head came out of the planet i can't remember what the name of it is right now (laughs) Uh, uh the giant head came out of the planet do you mean ego like from guardians 2 no, no, I'm talking about that one Marvel, the artistic Marvel film that, that got loved and hated all at the same time. Oh, and... uh, Eternals. <laughs> Eternals. Sorry. Yeah, it asked some questions, but they weren't questions that I felt really hit hard enough for me to care. But then you look at like Black Panther and Wakanda Forever, and there's some hard questions being asked in those movies. And you're like, damn, like... Yo, Killmonger got a fucking point, <laughs> right? You know, like the question wasn't even subtle. The question was put out there for you and it was hard to answer it. Like if they just stopped the movie and say, here's the question, you'd be like, all right, Umar, tactics, answer the question. Come up with your answer. Tell us how you'd end this movie. And you're like, well, okay, well, um, uh, and you have to like start thinking about it. And, 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 and that intrigues you. And that's what pulls you into the film. And if the, the questions are like, again, uh, how do you beat somebody with overwhelming power? Get more power. Just it, would you say that from the trailers of those movies, you were able to tell the message? Nope. No, not necessarily. <laughs> <laughs> but, but. Sorry, sorry, T, you caught me off guard with that one. <laughs> no, I don't disagree. But I will say that if you look at, at Black Panther and you look at like Infinity War as examples, Mm-hmm. You can discern the villains are going to propose something. You don't know what that question is, okay. but you can tell from those villains something captivating about it. And when I would look at Gardens of the Galaxy, it wasn't 
I would honestly say that like the villains aren't even the strongest points. It's actually the heroes and the group of them that's so strong that it really pulls you in, and that's really the real story is about the the, the, the them. But the last movie, that villain and from the trailer posed a lot of intrigue and delivered on exactly what your intrigue was intrigued about. Okay, um, but the first two, I would say that yeah, those villains didn't really feel like that big. You know, of and and they weren't really the core. No. All right, we gotta move on because we we got a ton more stuff. So yes, please. Like, please. My bad. Yes. My bad. I I got our, I got our I, bad. I got our bad. bad. No, I, I'm just I'm just sick of the topic. I, I just like yeah. <laughs> Fuck Captain Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> I am amazed we did not talk about Brie Larson. I was holding I, it in, bro. I was holding it in out of respect because I know Nudgem is ex- super excited to see this movie. But fuck her. Just <laughs> <sighs> okay. let it breathe. Moving on. <laughs> so, uh, sorry, T, we're still talking about trailers. Another trailer dropped uh, this past week, uh, which is the second trailer of a teaser that came out a while ago that caught me by surprise. Uh, this is called The Creator. So, the second trailer, which is a full length trailer for this uh, movie, came out. And this is. A uh, sci-fi action thriller that's co- directed by Gar- uh, Gareth Edwards. For those of you who don't know him, he was the one who directed, <clears throat> excuse me, um, Rogue One. Uh, also, he th- this is going going to be kind of based. I believe it's based off uh a novel i could be wrong about that but anyway it has john david washington in it as Gemma chan ken watanabe and frankly it we talked about this uh previously when we knew very little about what the what it was about but nonetheless like i found myself thoroughly engaged by it and oddly slightly moved i watched this full trailer and i gotta say i'm significantly more into it now uh i but then again like i i know i'm a i'm a i'm a hardcore sci-fi geek but t if you see saw this trailer you will know they didn't do space i'm watching it now actually okay (laughs) let's go with you man I mean, what did you think of the trailer? There's satellites in this movie, so there's still space. Don't 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 lie to yourself. Oh, <laughs> it's not Damn. really. Like, it's not oh. like really. Like, it's not like space adventure though. It's just like the the. No, it's more like ter- it's more like if AI robots like Terminators were to use satellites to 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 hurt the planet, they clearly would. Um, yeah. This movie is intriguing to me mostly because of John David Washington. Um, really. But I'm I can't say that I'm overly intrigued. And the reason I say that is because I feel like I've seen a few movies over the last few years that have similar ish kind of premises, especially around, you know, artificial intelligence and and robots. And uh, like, for instance, Netflix had one that had um, the new Captain America. Anthony Mackie uh, was in it. And he he played a an actual like AI robot thing, and the movie proposed really good questions, and then the third act just fell all apart because it was just like overwhelming with power. Like it's just it just it just like it set up 
really cool stuff and then just didn't really do anything know about. how to answer the question in a way that wasn't obvious and Hollywood by the by the end. You know, you want to be left with an answer that's slightly unanswered, right? Like this is okay. the answer we're giving you in this complex moment, but we couldn't give you a full answer versus being able to wrap things up nicely. And so I'm a little bit going into this being like, I don't trust that it won't have the third act problem because mm. that's that's my fear. But having JDW in this, I'm calling him that now. <laughs> it's a long name, okay? <laughs> no, fair, no, fair enough. I'm glad you shortened it. I didn't know how to. Um, the fact that he's in it, and it's got even artistic level vibes of even like like a Christopher Nolan film in ways, right? Like just artistically. Like I'm not saying it's his style, but I just mean like somebody who seeks to be at the same level of like I care a lot about visual and and how to present things and it feels artistic, makes me hope for it to not have a third act problem in that we're just going to like wrap up AI in a simplistic way. Now, the fact that it's already like already in Terminator land, right? It's already become a problem is more intriguing from a storyline because it's not the like, let's stop it from happening and the whole movie just leads up to an obvious thing. It's all right, this has already happened. Now, what do we do with this? And this one kid who is changing everything. But again, I'm still just worried it's going to be just like revolution and obvious. So, Darce, let me ask you something. Did you get um, Animatrix slash Akira vibes from this trailer? Because I did. I can't say I've watched that stuff enough to like say that. I've seen okay. Akira once. Um, okay. And it's great. But I, I don't have it like well memorized, so I can't I can't answer that. All right, T, uh, your thoughts on the trailer? Um, I'm, so I, I'm ready to be heard. So I watched it on mute. So it seemed like a very long trailer because of that. So <laughs> I'm just being honest, man. I love you, man. <laughs> Um. Yeah, I, I'm kind of on board with Darcy. It 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 seems very paint by numbers. Like I've seen the movie before. Like it reminds me a lot. Uh, uh kind of reminds me of a uh, like Elysium with uh, I think it was Matt Damon. Yeah. You know what? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I get that. Like I'm getting That's actually that. Pretty good film though. But yeah. yeah, but yeah. I just it, I feel like it, we, we've seen this kind of storyline before, and and. I mean, it's hard to gauge based off of off of a trailer, especially one that you didn't have the audio on for. But um, <laughs> yeah, in in regards to that, it 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 looks interesting enough to check out. But I just don't have enough to go on to really say whether or not I'm excited for this movie. Um, based off of what I've, I'm seeing right now, it does seem like I've seen this before. So, yeah. You're killing me so much. <laughs> I can't breathe I, right I, now. I, I'm trying not I, to laugh. I, I had a thought for your tactics. It's like, you need to learn sign language so you can just watch these trailers <laughs> in the middle yeah. of everything. Just have someone sign it to you. <laughs> <laughs> and that's once I thought that I was not, I was I was gone. <laughs> oh man. Oh. Um, so yeah, I mean, I I hope it's good. It do, and I agree with you, Darcy. It, it does kind of give off uh, Christopher Nolan vibes. Um, 
which is funny because both uh what's it called <laughs> J JWD and um sorry I'm just reading that just <laughs> can't even get out <laughs> He's like, and that's a T being the student who has to do a book presentation. The day <laughs> that's me, yo. I still got at least a B. <laughs> he like book presentation. He's like got the. He's got his like book on the, his iPhone. He's yeah. just like looking down, scrolling. It. I really like that passage on page ninety-five where Kai says, "No, no, no, sorry." Scrolls up, not page ninety-six. Trying try, try to find a good, good quote. Uh, oh, oh man. Oh, sorry, sorry. You were saying something. Yeah, it uh, it has it. It does have uh, Christopher Nolan the vibes. Um, and I, I recognize two actors actually. Well, the main actor, obviously, and then another guy who's worked with Christopher Nolan before. The the Asian guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. So. I was yeah I, I thought actually that Christopher Nolan directed this film but yeah uh, that would have enticed me a little bit more if he if he was attached to this but yeah I mean it it just all seems like I've seen this before so I'm not super hyped for this but I'll still check it out and hopefully it's good I'm I'm hyped for it uh, I'm but I will say I'm with you uh, Darcy as well like I don't want this to be a third act problem issue. Now, to be fair, I really like Rogue One, so like, hopefully, there's not a third act issue, but nonetheless. But oh yeah, this is the Rogue One people, right? Yeah, that's good. That's 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 got that's helpful. Okay, move on. I just I just all right. Think. Moving on. So our next piece of uh, geeky news was the announcement or potential very high likelihood, low rumor level. Like people were saying this was rumor. Other people saying it was confirmed. So we don't know what's going on right now. But nonetheless. For the gargoyles, uh, well, we we those of you who grew up with gargoyles, Kenneth Brano, uh, pictured right here. Kenneth Brano has been rumored, reported, said to be attached to direct the film. Now, for those of you who don't know, Kenneth Brano is like he did the first Thor movie, Tactics. Be cool, be cool, Tay. Um, he also has done all the. Hercule Poirot uh, ones, so like the Murder on the Orient Express, uh, and and like the uh, Murder on the Nile. Uh, he also has done many Shakespearean uh, like productions and also plays, uh, as well as he also did. I think the movie Belfast, which I haven't seen, but everyone was saying was like really well done. So um, anyway, so him being attached, I personally find to a live action gargoyles film. I find it to be a rather surprising choice. I still wish it would have been Jordan Peele uh, from way back in the day, but given the fact that there is a uh, uh, the show, the animated series had a strong Shakespearean content embedded into it, this actually seems like they are being respectful to the source material by getting someone who actually would draw up those aspects. Hmm. Now, uh, I am, like as you can tell, I am guarded, but pleased with this. Uh, I am wondering what my bros have to say about this. Uh, see, uh, Darce, let's start with you, man. Well, I'll keep this one brief. I'll make up for the time I spent on the Marvels movie. Um, I mean... <laughs> I have no real strong opinion. 
Um, you know, Thor 1 isn't the greatest, but it's also pretty good at the same time. Better than Thor 4. Absolutely. <laughs> I was waiting for that. I was waiting for that. Yep. Uh, and, and Thor 2. Um, <laughs> actually, no, that, that point, Thor, Thor does its best best work on odd numbers, not evens. Um, that's all I gotta say. <laughs> Facts. Facts. Um, but in general, I, like, like both of you, um, when I was a kid, TMNT, Gargoyle, same level, right? Batman animated series. Like these were all like staple shows as a kid. And uh, I I will welcome anything Gargoyles until you show me something I absolutely dislike. And then I will say, oh my God, this is, better not be Avatar all over again. That's about it. <laughs> T? Yeah, I'll keep this brief too. I think uh, I agree with you, um, Umar. I, I would have rather have jordan peele i was gonna say jordan peterson jordan peele i almost said it too i know right <laughs> i don't think i want jordan peterson directing nah uh, no. <laughs> uh, be, be um, a bit, bit wordy in the dialogue department yeah. <laughs> um yeah it would have been nice to have him attached to the project um considering that he is an avid uh fan um and a big geek but the fact that this guy is has been attached to uh, Thor, which does have a, a heavy Shakespearean vibe to it, and also it would be very reminiscent of the Gargoyles uh, theme, I think this sounds like a better fit given the, the stuff this guy has been uh, attached to in the past. So... Yeah, I'm on board, and I'm actually more excited for stuff like this than I am any Marvel or DC movie coming out, to be honest, because I get that. It, it's it's unique. It's something different, and this, I feel, has been long overdue. I mean, we've been waiting for a Gargoyles movie forever, and the fact that they're just bringing this into the conversation now is surprising, but also pretty enticing, to say the least. So I'm on board for it. Bring on Gargoyles. Pave the way for... Street Sharks, Biker Mice from Mars, bring it all on. I'm ready biker for it. Biker Mice, oh. Yeah, I dropped that dude, shit on you. That's I dropped a that on you, yo. Okay, I actually don't know that one. But i actually going to say something to this. I was thinking while you were talking, I'm like, how do you make Gargoyles work? It's been so long, other than the audience Pretty of kids. What's that? Because I, I, like, like the first five episodes are essentially you just redo the first five episodes you just need to modernize it a little bit here and there that's not quite what i mean what i meant oh, was is towards how do you make this something that the general audience wants to go see right outside of those of us who watched when we were a kid how do you make this appealing to the larger audience and like enough that you make money off of the film and then it's not like a 200 like loss and what i actually was thinking while saying this is um underworld underworld tone taking what i mean by that is don't make it like the movie underworld and like the, the series but there's a whole audience of people who love those films and even though they weren't always quality they actually watched all of them because they just enjoyed the darkness of the vampire underworld vibes and so actually this could really kind of pull from that like hellboy and, too yeah but i think underworld is like it, it had a real strong a, just a real strong thread right and okay. uh, and so i just feel like this could come with that and there would be an audience of people who haven't gotten an underworld and wish they could get another underworld and all of a sudden gargoyle comes in with a similar tone or like oh could this be a thing so interesting. I, just something that popped in my head as as we were talking about it because it's like outside I, I of like, like that, that it's it's a very like 
it's it's a very niche audience of people who are going to want to watch this if it's just like a straight adaption and doesn't present something it's like who wants to see a movie about gargoyles coming off of a building at night <laughs> like <laughs> on the premise of without knowing if you just describe it it's like gargoyles that come off buildings at night and deal with problems it's like ah oh, no i'm good <laughs> yeah uh, i i will also like a, a toned down version of our my cousin's my cousin's uh rantings in the comment section Playing up a Beauty and the Beast aspect between Eliza and Goliath. I mean, I'm I'm not wanting interspecies mating rituals happening here like he wants it, but like maybe like a Beauty and the Beast style sort of thing. Uh, but again, like I, I'm spitballing, uh, and and that I don't want that to be the main focus of the film either. It's like a nice little like side. <laughs> I rant because I love. It's fair. It's fair. Okay. Moving on to our next topic. Uh, so, as uh, Tactics had brought up earlier, we are going to be discussing recent news about Aquaman 2. So, no trailers, just some news about it. Not great news to say. Uh, let's just say that this uh, series is having more than just Amber Heard as a problem. Uh, Hollywood Reporter has stated that... Uh, there have been several cut scenes from this film already, uh, mostly having to do with Batman. Uh, also, there were some significant last-minute changes to, uh, let's say, the story and multiple test screenings to help with those script changes. Mm-hmm. yeah that last one didn't make me feel very good uh apparently so going back to the first part like uh batman was supposed to be featured in this movie um and kind of meant as the uh nick fury to the avengers so first they got rid of i think it was uh michael keaton who was in there then james gunn came in and said take him out altogether so they got rid of ben affleck as well i also feel that there was a flash connection that was all uh, or yeah, there was a f- possibly a flash connection, but predominantly it was Batman being removed as the Nick Fury of the DCU. Huh. This is, I think, being leveled off with the fact that that's what he was going to be doing in Batgirl as well, except for the fact that, you know, Batgirl's entirely shelved. So, and then now uh, with multiple reshoots, to and now the only thing that's made me feel less worried has been the fact that uh, James uh, James Wan, I believe his, his last name is, is saying that, hey guys, this is still an incredibly independent film. All you need to have seen is the first one. And I'm like, cool, cool, okay, cool. Unfortunately, this article and other corroborating ones, all I could think about is what Darcy was saying last week, and that like, how much shit do we have to get through before we get to the good, get to the renewed stuff, and. Yo, Darce, you hit a you, like you hit it home because like this does not sound good. So yeah, this is a bad star. <laughs> yeah, well, well, well timed there. Yes. yes. Okay. So, uh, let's go with you. What are your thoughts of the well? Because you sound like you had something to say about Aquaman. This movie is gonna suck. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. Oh. 
this movie, pardon the pun, but this movie is dead in the water, bro. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh no. well, welcome to puns. <laughs> yeah. We need it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, like, I mean, I'm not even checking for this movie at all, and it just all the like they're not even trying to save this movie at least with the flash they were like yo go see this movie it's great this one they're just like ah well um yeah we lost batman we lost both batmans we're in trouble <laughs> no one gives a fuck about this movie <laughs> yeah so yeah that's really all i gotta say but i i feel i feel sorry i feel bad but i don't care i i, I don't care <laughs> It's gonna suck. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I'm actually really excited to see this trailer just to see how bad this is gonna be. Oh, <laughs> it's gonna be rough. It's gonna be rough. They're gonna bury it under some other trailers. <laughs> They're just gonna be like, yeah, just first release. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a half trailer. It's like, yeah. well, where's the rest of the movie go? Jars? Yeah. Oh, um, this is gonna be me trying to get to the movie theater day one of the film. <laughs> For those, those of you listening, that was the Batgirl clip running in the Timberlands trying to make it around the corner, taking a good old like eight seconds to run three steps. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, uh, I think at this point, point they're just they're just cutting all the stuff to make sure there's no loose ends as to how it connects to a larger storyline. Um, yeah. Frankly, uh, I would be would have been happy if they just canceled this film altogether and like this picture in the background shows here just make him into lobo i don't want any more of this universe cut aquaman yeah. keep jason momoa bring him on as lobo his personality is already lobo-ish and after seeing fast x this man could absolutely go into the eccentric part yeah. of of lobo because he went the, he went into the eccentric part of, of joker i'm even of the mindset to give this man a joker film at some point <laughs> like, for, for what he did in that film right like um maybe a weird joker but I, actually you know what we've had a couple we had like one buff joker in one of the animated films he, he could probably take that on you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. but like um in an else world umar don't worry i'm not saying in, in like a prime, I, know, I, know, I, know, I know in the prime universe here um but frankly yeah i i i don't care um i i the even if you ask me to go see this umar i'm likely only gonna go see this if kids are asking me to go see this film <laughs> Like, I don't know if, it, 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 yeah, this, 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 I have a question for you about this film. Um, I'm just going to put a random number here because I don't know, but let's just assume the same crap as every other one of these films with all the, re the, the cuts. Let's just assume this movie with marketing and everything is 300 million. How much do you think under that this film's going to be? <laughs> uh, well, it's interesting you should ask that because I, I was actually looking to see that. Currently, this budget for this film is well over 215 million, and that's pre marketing. 15? 215. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I kind of feel like they're not going to cross the, t the 250 line <laughs> on the yeah. marketing. Like, they're going to they're gonna be like, uh, Facebook ads. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, and put it out in the flyers, you know. Yeah. Add, add, it, add it to your no-frills coupons. <laughs> uh, the, 
I I know people have been saying this a lot in all the articles I've read about this, but to be honest, it goes back to what you just said, Darcy. People keep saying that uh, Peter Safran and James Gunn have gone through the uh, the cut, have given suggestions, and have greenlit like a week worth of reshoots uh, in order to better the film. In my opinion, that's not bettering the film. It's what you're saying. It's let's, let's cut out all the things that are going to be working against what they're doing going forward. Yeah, let's let, let's let's prepare for a better restart of this universe. Exactly. So yeah, I'm with you guys. This movie's going tank. Uh, and honestly, I'm really worried for like because Warner Brothers is not doing really well in terms of uh, giving out uh, us content. It's also now to the point that they're losing money over this, like the Flash. I feel this movie is going to be the same. I really hope that Blue Beetle isn't this. Uh, I feel Blue Beetle has a chance of not being so, only in the fact that people want it to succeed because it has um, a Latino uh, hero and people kind of want their representation to keep going. Just one more. And it doesn't have Amber Heard or Ezra Miller going for it. <laughs> like that's true. There's no controversy to that movie. Out of the last oh, three films coming out, like they've had the two biggest villains in hero roles, <laughs> and this, the last one just be like, "We just Latino." That's it. Yeah. <laughs> we just, we, yeah. So like, that's all I want. So maybe that might work towards it. So I feel this film is destined to fail. I am interested to see how the trailer is going to look. Uh, I, I'm kind of viewing this as a D- Warner Brothers version of Fast and Furious, ironically, but like mm. in the sense of it being a fun train wreck. Uh, yeah. If that. Going back to the paint by numbers story and 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 a villain that like, <laughs> villain of the week, like I, I I'm just waiting for like the most like generic possible like yeah just fill in the blanks <laughs> like it's a mad libs version of superhero films <laughs> like uh, i do not doubt it <laughs> okay so moving on last week we had the illustrious and brilliant darcy pose a very fascinating question he asked me while we were discussing another topic umar who do you think is better the Mickelsons or the Scars Guards? Out. I'm taking that as uh, Darcy saying, which family or acting family has produced the better actor? Mm, yeah. Cool. He's, so cool. He's so cool. Anyway, um, so for those of you who don't know, uh, there are there's Mads Mickelson who is uh, being shown off right now. He was in Casino Royale. Uh, as the one of the main bad guys, he was in Hannibal the TV series as Hannibal Lecter. God bless him. Um, he was also in the first Doctor Strange movie as like the villain who was sorely underused. Uh, and he was um, uh, he was most recently, unfortunately, in uh, the latest Fantastic Beast movie as the third iteration of Twin Four. Now, I, he's a Danish actor, and he also has a brother who is kind of doing a really good job right now, also in Hollywood. His name is Lars Mikkelsen. 
Uh, and he has, like we have discussed him last week, having to do specifically with the upcoming Ahsoka series as the main villain, um, oh, excuse me, uh, Grand Admiral Thrawn. Lars Mikkelsen has also been in, there he is. He's also uh, been in, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, The Witcher that I know him from, and also in BBC's Sherlock for one episode. So, uh, oh, he was also in House of Cards. Yeah, he was the Russian president. Thank you. That was it. Yeah. So he, yeah. So I thought it was another uh, political show, but you're right. It was House of Cards. Uh, so nonetheless, these two guys are heavy hitters when it comes to acting. And yeah. they have really good resumes. They got some bad stuff in there too, but like they're they're not the reason. They're not bad actors. They're just some bad movies. For sure. Everyone's everyone's done a commercial here and there, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think they have done commercial. I think Lars has done commercial. Well, of course they've done. Everyone's done them. But what I mean is, like, every everyone's got to pay the bills. Okay, Some, right, yeah, right. We can get into the actor strike right now, but we don't. Right. Know. So uh, <laughs> now, counter to this are the scars guards. Now there are a lot more of them. There's a lot more of them. I think there's like, so Stellan Skarsgård has been in. Jesus, he's been in everything. He's been in MCU. He's been in Star Wars. That's so okay. Perfect. That's a great picture. Uh, Stellan Skarsgård is the father on the right side, and on the left side is uh, Alexander uh, Skarsgård, who was, as everyone knew him, um, Eric Northman from True Blood, yep. uh, and he also was most recently in Succession, and he was. I'm forgetting something else that he was. Oh, the Northman. He was in the Northman. Like that was his big movie. Uh, let's just say women like him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Understood. But also, my man can act. Uh, what I've seen him in, he's killed it. And he was reportedly the top contender. We don't know if this went through or not, but the top contender for being Lex Luthor in Superman Legacy. Ooh. I thought you were going to say, uh, he was a top contender to play uh, Mr. Fantastic. I was like, uh, I can see that too. No, ooh, <laughs> yeah, something about him. I feel like I feel like ooh. he could he could surprise you there. But anyways, yeah, both yeah. of those so, really good. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, father and son doing really good. But also, people probably don't know this, but Bill Skarsgård, who played Pennywise from It, the most recent uh, iteration of It, and also was in John Wick Four as the 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 guy the dude the the guy the 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 guy who was the bad guy anyway so they all they all family uh and they apparently have like uh gustav skarsgård who's been in like westworld and vikings and like stuff like that oh, i don't he was know so good in vikings he was so good in vikings sorry you just reminded me of that show that's that i i, I fell off that show just because it was like a time frame but oh that show was so Go, move it. Okay. Go on. Go on. Go on. Yo, Sorry. Darth, man. Like, I, I'm really impressed that you. I I had to look up this. I don't Is remember he... this guy at all. <laughs> I mean, There's I do. There's no but... way. He's Is a scar. Damn, this family's. How, how many people did they birth? <laughs> Is he a star guard? I didn't know that. Hold up. Let me look that, that up. Tag like, has just got like the wrong picture. <laughs> <laughs> I might have fucked up. <laughs> yeah, oh, I don't. I don't think he family, bro. <laughs> oh shit! All right, enjoy this photo. <laughs> that was. 
oh, I can't find him right now. Anyway, so um, those are the Scars guards, and those are the oh, he, okay, I see what you mean. He is Sars guard. Sars guard, got it. That that was a typo on Google, ma'am. I'm sorry. This, this is this is a moment for tactics here, but it's kind of like Thor's daughter. <laughs> 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 so uh, in in the um, in the CrossFit community, there's like a couple women, and they all have the last name Thor's daughter. And tags and I were both watching them independently, and then one day we just both had to, like after watching several of them, realized they're not a person named Thor's daughter. Their last name is Thor's daughter, <laughs> and they're not related. And we're just like what. <laughs> So anyways, I digress. <laughs> right. So the question that we're going to try to answer today is which family has the best actors in it? Yeah. Uh, so T, do you have <clears throat> are you going to put your name under any name? Um Well, it's 3 to 2, right? Yeah. I, so I'm more familiar with the uh... technically four because Darcy actually knows. You, you know, oh, yeah, yeah. if if we yeah. want to make this a little more even, I mm. would say that on the Skarsgård side, we take Bill Skarsgård, which we're seeing right now, and oh my god, why I'm forgetting it. the the Alexander? most noted uh, Alexander Skarsgård. No, 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 because two against two. If you want to make it even, I would take those two and versus the, the other two. If if you want to think of it that way, I'm, I'm just saying. Honestly, I I think we should do Alexander and Stellan versus like a father and son. Because yeah, but, like, uh, but that but that you, bill that bill that he's he's got some legendary yeah, stuff. Man. Okay, 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 okay. <clears throat> anyway, T, what you were saying? Uh, man, it's tough because both Bill and uh, Nicholson, Matt, uh, Mads, Mads, Mikkel, Mads, yeah, they both make phenomenal villains, man. Like, very, no, like, very, very eerie and like compelling villains. And I'm just like, oh, you guys are good, man. Um, I'm not super familiar with the other uh, Mickelson, like, Lars. brother, yeah, I'm not, I'm not familiar with his body of work. Uh, Alexander, I think the only thing I've seen him in is Tarzan. Oh man, that's limited. Oh damn. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So uh, I can't remember what else he's done that I've that I've seen. I've seen more of Bill's work than I have of Alexander. I feel um, fascinating. Yeah. I mean, you could take your top two. Like you can take you can take the dad and like and Bill if those are the two that you are most yeah. aware of. Because I was just basically choosing off of who were the most famous. Oh, he was in Zoolander. I forgot. Everybody was in damn Zoolander. <laughs> like just random people. You're like, he was in that movie. Yeah, damn. Uh man. Do you want us to come back to you? I so one, way, mo one Alexander movie. Alexander really Skarsgard was in Battleship. <laughs> I forgot about that movie. I, I, I did see that movie actually. I knew you would have seen it and I just I, saw the list. Yeah. I'm like, let me, let me put that back into running for you. <laughs> I'm gonna give it to the Scar Scars Guards, I think. Although okay, I really, I really like Mickelson's portrayal in Casino Royale. Um, oh, he was great. I haven't seen Hannibal, but I saw a I saw a movie 
super underrated in my opinion called Polar. It's a Netflix original movie with him yeah. in it. Yeah, oh, that yeah. movie was great. I had a great time with that movie, and he was fantastic in it. So, yeah, but I'm gonna give it to Scars Guys. Okay, okay, Dars. For me, it's gonna be the Mickelsons, and so for me, it's about who has embodied a more the most amount of iconic characters that like you couldn't replace with somebody else and i fee and 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 also which ones had the most visceral impact on me so i love alexander skarsgård over here with his with, with true blood that's how i got introduced and i haven't seen mm. northman but man i mean look at that okay yeah, no i i heard nothing but, but amazing i want to see it i same as well however i will say that those are great acting but i won't say that like oh the true blood character is one i'm gonna like remember forever like if you bring that up i'm gonna be like oh let's talk about that no that, 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 that's not gonna be for me the, out of all of them now i can't quite remember what stalin stalin if i saying that right um stalin. stalin uh has like what was his most iconic thing umar that you can think oh uh, goodwill hunting okay yeah classic uh that uh plus also i think the things people know him the most about are that uh also he was in the mcu but like that's more recent things uh and also he's in andor but again that's more recent stuff but yeah uh yeah. His, his more dune dune is also more more recent yeah but, uh i would say Chernobyl, uh, pirates of caribbean i'm just like looking he was up, a right secondary villain yeah. But Goodwill Hunting was kind of like when he was like because like him and yeah. uh, Robert um, uh, Robin Robert Williams, Williams, yeah, they like their chemistry was on point and like they were always shown to be kind of equals in that regard. And then like have Matt Damon and all the other stuff. So I would say that that's aside from MCU um, and Pirates of the Caribbean. Also, let's yeah. just say like Goodwill Hunting. Yeah, yeah. So again, great work <clears throat> and. I mean, I'm not the hugest like Google hunting fan. I'm not like not a fan. I've just seen it when I was younger. Haven't seen it a lot since then. So you know, um, but yeah, great acting. Um, but it, I can't say these are iconic characters for me. Um, however, Ooh, I think I think if Bill Skarsgård is the most iconic of them so far. He's done stuff that I'm just like, I'm not gonna like think of anybody else when you say it. Like, <laughs> oh my. god god that that betrayal and some of the other stuff i forget what it was but when you show the one with the, the tattoos i quite can't quite remember exactly which one it is but i'm deadpool like, deadpool oh yeah oh that was hilarious but anyways i see him like everything he does it's like it's electric right and and more than any anybody else in his family and he takes like the biggest risks in my opinion and uh i and, see that and that's really really big but then we go to the mickelsons and and each of them have super iconic character for me hannibal oh my you can't bring up that show with people who've seen it and not just want to dive right into that conversation okay that man and then lars in what he's about to do in a ahsoka but what he did in rebels unreal but thing is that character is so amazing and his betrayal of the Russian president in in uh, House of Cards is the same level and are different people, and yet still feel very similar. But I mean, the the Ahsoka one feels 
way smarter, <laughs> like way more intense. And yet his Russian president was a super intelligent person and freaked me out. And he like, was uh, serious fuck. Oh, and then and like and then Mads has like so many good things uh, under his belt. Like, oh, like, yeah. like you're saying, like Polar, Casino Royale. But I mean, just like you can't like tell me this. If you were to recast Hannibal, who would you recast it to? If you're to recast that Russian president, who would you recast it to? If you're to recast uh, the, the the guy from Ahsoka, who Thought are you going to recast? People fought this. People fought the fact they're like, no, 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 you can't get anyone other than uh, Lars Mikkelsen. Like, no one can do it except for Lars Mikkelsen. And they're like, yeah, okay, we'll just get him back. Because their portrayals is both in the intelligence of the character and the portrayals of their intelligence and their voice and their mannerisms. And, like, how... Oh, like you just can't redo them and that's what like bill skarsgård is doing it I, I cannot see anybody else do this right and i think that alexander and and stellan have done some stuff but i could argue that i could find somebody i'm not saying it would be easy but i could find some people to replace some of the characters i think that are their most iconic now again i haven't seen the northman so I, you know but i'm just saying you know what i mean and for me, I, I would say that's like why Eric, the Mickelsons have more of that. Yeah, I would say like with Eric, with Alexander, people will say like people will fight you if they're like, oh, we can recast uh, Eric. So I think that would be their his iconic thing. Like you can't touch that for him. But that's just one. I, I agree. But at the same time, I think that like you could find somebody who could deliver a very, very good, similarly level thing. Fair. But it would be different. And I'm yeah. not saying it's like, oh, it's easy. I'm I'm not saying that's easy at all. Like that's um amazing. But compared to like his brother and it, like there's a level you have to go to get that, to get the Joker, to get certain characters that if you like get Hannibal, to get uh to get the Thrawn. If you don't go to that level, if you're a shy hair away from it, it comes off as an imitation. And and you can't do an equally good but different version. It is right. just on a pinnacle to itself. And I think the the, the Mickelsons have more of that. Okay. So that's, so right, why, that's right, why I land there. Fair enough. And like honestly, I, I can deeply respect that. Uh, so right now we're at a tie. So I'm going to break the tie. And I'm not going to lie. This, this was a very difficult choice for me. I'm going to go by, as tactics would say, a dick hair to the Scars Arts. <laughs> I knew it was coming. <laughs> Uh, because like, honestly, for, for me, if I'm going to be honest with how I would rate like a good actor, like, oh, like the best type of actor, it's the range that they have. Yes. I, their ability to make something iconic and make it their own. I absolutely agree. It is one of the necessary ones, but I think for me, what I look for is range. I will say for me personally, I would say Mads Mikkelsen is my favorite actor. And also, I think he has the greatest range. Uh, he can be terrifying. He can be intellectual. He can be physically in, uh, intimidating. And also, he can be incredibly kind. Like, he has a he has a softness to him that can be very, like, paternal. Uh, and also, he can be just really fucked up. So, um, but... 
I find that Stellan, Alexander, and also with Bill, they have a great deal of range as well. And also have very committed level of acting that is more consistent. So if we're looking family-based, I would say the, the Scars Guards have it for me. Lars, I will grant you, is iconic, but I feel he's only one character multiple times in multiple different aspects. Hmm. Noted. With Bill, I will say he's relatively stayed in the same aspect, but there are subtle nuanced changes that make it either more terrifying or more interesting. Alexander pretty much is like trying to do what his father did and like like Castellan was typecast as a villain, fair enough. But he has transitioned and is now doing like middle stuff. Like he's also doing comedy and he's also doing like um the mentor and he's also doing the dark anti-hero and and still playing the villain. Uh Alexander has played the anti-hero like and the bad boy nonstop, but also he's also done the action stuff and he's also done the intellectual stuff and also he's done the hero as well. So for me personally, I would say that with because of the range, the scars guards win it by a dick hair. You know, you know, one thing is interesting while I was looking into this um, mm. that I also would find interesting to note is now that we can never judge this because of our language barriers. But I would love to see, and I haven't looked into the scars guard, but for instance, Lars Mikkelsen has a lot of a lot of Danish films, and he has you know, more Danish films than he does English films. And so I would actually even think that he's range has to be that he gets hired to come in to do these things that are English and then to go back and does his work in his own country. That's and I think I think Mads might be doing a little bit more on the English side than Lars is like he has more notable films. And I wonder how much he goes back and does it. And then if you were to look at the Scars Guard and look at their Swedish stuff, if they have Swedish stuff, do they, they do, do a bunch of flip? And then then it's like now do we get to see how much range they have and where they actually are limited on the English side and they just go like, mm. no, I'm good. I can go home and make these films so i'll go home and make these films and then i'll come back when they bring me an amazing character to be iconic in and a couple others that you know hit or miss but may pay me good so that that'd be inter intriguing thing we can't I judge like that. that because we don't speak the languages <laughs> and if we, we learned them we would take time to understand nuance um but yeah <laughs> just it's, it's just intriguing yeah no i agree with you on that one that that would be really fascinating yeah. all right so uh, the breaking of a tie, but it was that was like Darce. That took me a full week of like just like thinking off. Not, not that I was like focused on it entirely, but like I, I definitely was. That was a good question, man. I, I really appreciated that. Absolutely. Moving on to our final topic. So uh, we are going to be discussing uh, <laughs> Barbenheimer, the the phenomenon that has taken the internet. <laughs> I'm sorry. The marketing for the for the two films together, it's just so good. Like Darcy, was you saying that? It, like, what was your joke about Deadpool? I'm so, I can't remember it right now. I don't know at this moment. Looking at this picture, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like they're driving away from the nuclear bomb <laughs> together, and like so oblivious. 
<laughs> oh, so, so uh, for those of you who don't know, the movie, the live action movie Barbie, and also the uh, Christopher Nolan's Oppenheimer, uh, is releasing this weekend. It's coming out. It's out now. Uh, like literally right now. So this film, these films have not uncommonly come out at the same time, and they're both. Uh, Warner Brothers and Universal's big films for uh, for the for the summer, <clears throat> and let's just say that the marketing team for both decided instead of trying to like beat out the other person, make bigger noise, try to get everyone to like you know choose them over the other, the marketing team decided, hey, let's have fun with this, and they teamed up and started releasing all these ridiculous and hilarious ads and memes and stuff trying to get people to watch both films which to my surprise and to a lot of analysts it's been working there are thousands upon thousands of people who are actually planning their weekend around watching both films because the marketing has group them together even though they are fundamentally different <laughs> films and from two co competing studios like one is a intensely serious and personal biopic of Oppenheimer uh the man who created the atomic bomb and also like what he went through physically personally and mentally to create the weapon of mass the first weapon of mass destruction and then the other is a is Greta Gerwig's Barbie movie about the like borderline humorous and hilarious, but also meaningful, like spiritual journey of a doll becoming a real woman. <laughs> so the you can't really say that, like, hey, man, I can't wait to watch both these films together back to back. But that's what people are doing. You know the drive throughs back in the day? Yeah. <laughs> oh, there's got to be some drive throughs right now capitalizing on I, this. I actually completely believe you. And, like, even, like, Toronto has been, like, because I know a lot of the articles I've been reading have been from America, specifically AMC theaters, and also how, like, I think uh, one report in, like, uh, certain areas, AMC are reporting that about 300,000 tickets uh, are people who are buying both for one day like they're planning an entire day at the theater for these movies so 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 question on that and i was thinking about this what order do you go in my my i'm gonna put my answer out okay if i Please. was gonna watch both in the same day it would have to be oppenheimer followed by barbie because yeah. i feel like you want to lighten up after that hard film and <laughs> if you're going to sit through a lot, I think the last thing you want to do is laugh and maybe have a couple of tears if that movie brings those to, to light for you. Um, but I was thinking, like, if you go off of Barbie, super high emotion, <laughs> and they go into this most <laughs> intense film ever, I don't know if that's the greatest combination or not. But anyways, what, do you, what, do you, what order are you going I will counter that, actually. I would do the reverse. I would watch, because I've watched Barbie already, but that's not neither here nor there. I would watch Barbie first, have you my watch laugh, Barbie? and then... I have watched Barbie. That's a whole other conversation to itself. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, I I would go Barbie first, enjoy myself, have a good time, and then because if I watch Oppenheimer, I have a very strong feeling I'm going to go into Barbie like 
And I don't feel it will it will cheer me up much because I'll be like, nothing makes nothing's worth anything anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I would do funny and then go into serious just so I, I don't have one affecting my because I have n- absolutely no belief that Barbie is going to affect my ability to enjoy Oppenheimer. I very much believe that Oppenheimer is going to put me in a mood that I'm not going to enjoy Barbie. <laughs> so that, that's my order. How about you, T? Uh, I'd probably go Oppenheimer and then go home. Nice. I like it. <laughs> Fact. Uh, okay. So for uh, for those of you who don't know, the reviews for both films, including the audience scores, are officially out. So Barbie is currently stating uh, for uh, Rotten Tomatoes, it's 90% with 266 reviews and an audience score of over 1,000 being 89%. For Oppenheimer, uh, Oppenheimer has 265 reviews saying 94% from critics and the audience with 500 is, uh, plus 500 is also 94. So... Let's just say that people go in it are enjoying themselves, but because I am uh, a good friend, I am going to see what IMDb is saying because that is what Tactics uses. <coughs> Barbie is a lot higher than I thought it would be, seven point seven out of ten. Uh, not that that will change your mind, uh, but something for you to maybe keep in mind in the future one day. And Oppenheimer, <laughs> I, I appreciate you smiling and just like humoring me. Uh, Oppenheimer has a uh, a rating of nine out of ten. So, uh, the reviews for Barbie are mostly that this it's it's it is not what people expected, and I will say as someone who's watched it, I can completely attest to that. I had no idea what to expect when I was watching this movie. And when I was in the movie, I did not know where it was going. And odd, but in a way that wasn't like, what the fuck is happening? More like, where are, where are they going to take this? I was curious as where things were going. And as someone who was able to anticipate things, there was nothing about this I was able to anticipate. I mean, the trailer I, doesn't give you an idea of what the story is about at all. And I think that's intentional. So. Absolutely. Uh, this is not the greatest comparisons, but a, a, a true one. For Endgame, you remember that the trailers never showed more than the first like 20 minutes of the film, right? Mm. Exactly the same thing here. Literally everything you saw from the trailers were the first like 15 to 20 minutes of the film. Good to know. That I haven't seen. That is hilarious. I don't know which one I like more. Exactly. I think I like the one the right more though. (laughs) I think anything with action. I think I'm going to go left. Oh man. Wow. Yo, T, did you find that? Yeah. That is dope. Okay. Uh I lost my train of thought because that, that uh for, sorry for those of you who can't uh like who are listening to this. Uh Tactics found this really hilarious and also beautiful Barbenheimer uh uh marketing uh thing, uh where there one is like a comic book and the other one is uh using um uh La La Land's uh a poster as like a as a dance between the two of them. 
Yeah, I, like I, I'm, I have my tickets uh, t- uh, to watch Oppenheimer uh, this weekend, but like for me, I cannot wait to watch Oppenheimer. With with Barbie, I, I was very interested, very very interested. But like, I love Greta Gerwig. Don't get me wrong. But like Christopher Nolan has the direct line to my heart and my soul. Okay, wow. Yes, he gave me the Dark Knight, but like my man, like. I will love what he likes, what he gives me. But this looks like it's going to like blow me out of the fucking like it's going to, yeah. Interesting choice of words. Yeah, I, I was. I, I was. It would be better if you just ended up like not out of just just the part before that. <laughs> okay, so uh, Darce, are you planning on watching Barbie or no? Um, probably when it hits Netflix. Fair. Um, like, I mean, unless somebody else wants to, you know, really go see it, but right now, like, uh, uh, well, send me announcement, uh, time. I won't be on the podcast for, for a few weeks cause I'm going away on, on a trip. And so like, I'm busy with like a lot of, a lot of stuff and whatnot. And so, um, I don't have a lot of time. So like, if I am able to sneak one movie in, especially while I'm in a different country, it's going to be the, the the teenage mutant ninja turtle movie um if i can if i can intrigue one unless we're there and people at the wedding party are like oh let's go right. see barbie then then yeah i'll i'll see barbie like i'm not going to be out here like being the debbie downer of the the whole group be like everyone wants to see barbie on a wedding trip and i'm like no let's go see oppenheimer <laughs> like i'm not that guy <laughs> like like let's have everyone be depressed <laughs> like Cuba, <laughs> I wasn't there. Sorry. <laughs> we need a bros trip where I attend and was not broke. I'm not th- that point in my life. <laughs> it's all good. I still regret it. Don't get it. Like stop rubbing it in. But anyways, um, the um, uh, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm intrigued, but I'm not rushing. And so if something else brings me to it, otherwise I definitely will watch it. It'll just be on my own time, throw it on Netflix and we'll find out if I'm watching it as a background thing or I'm so intrigued by it that I end up dedicating a, a period of time to it so I can focus. Um, but yeah, and I'm really, really intrigued about Oppenheimer. I'm just hoping that it's financially successful long enough that by the time i come back from my trip umar i could be like yo you want to go see an imax again 100 <laughs> i just need to be no. in theater long enough because because with it nolan will. doing an imax film and him being very particular about that i wouldn't i would want to see it in imax just to to see what that was all about you know kind of a thing so yeah my plan is that when you get back we the three of us go see oppenheimer uh now in terms of what you were saying about financially successful uh the not the whole weekend sales yet because like they're still happening, but Oppenheimer is pretty much sold out on IMAX and most of the screens, but close to uh, sold out. Barbie is sold out. Um, currently, the preview, uh, like basically, like er- the early earnings are Barbie's made already $20 million in the box office in North America. Nice. Uh, and and Oppenheimer is has made 12. Now, to put that into context, Barbie is demolishing the Flash right now. <laughs> and uh and Oppenheimer I mean, has not, already not hard. <laughs> agreed. Oppenheimer is basically on the heels of the Flash after one day. 
Yeah, that's hilarious though for the Flash. Like it's just like so bad. You you, you know you know what though? I I really want. I hope that happens. I really hope this happens in the next like week. Um, Ryan Reynolds does an amazing job with his marketing company, Maximum Effort, of what he calls fast fast advertising, which is basically he takes something that's really really the audience is already paying attention to. It's a popular topic, and then finds a way to like do an ad while it's popular and to promote something. He did that with the Peloton girl and the gin and his gin where she had to go to the bar after the whole like what what happened and have her drink to like what happened with like just like all the success or whatever. I would just love if Ryan Reynolds finds a way to get like uh, Stillian Murphy and, and Margot Robbie into a commercial about something that just means nothing, <laughs> just to have them in the same thing acting as each other. It does. It just like it. It could just be about literally just like having a drink, and it's just stupidness. But just I really hope because if he has something he needs to promote right now, and he can get the two of them on the horn, and like they agree to it, it's like here's a funny concept. This is. <laughs> I'm only gonna need 35 minutes of your time, which is, is very fast acting. It's just the fact that you're here will mean everything. <laughs> like people will laugh about it. So I'm just trying to think if there's any um, if there's any actors in uh, Oppenheimer that are that are Canadian because like Barbie has three Canadian guys as Ken's in it. And I'm just wondering if uh, Oppenheimer has, because then Ryan Reynolds can just like use the Canadian aspect and be like, here, I got one Canadian from one movie and another Canadian from another movie. Yeah. That's, that's also a good point as well. Oh, how about, how about UT? Uh, what are your expectations for Oppenheimer? <laughs> I got nothing to say, man. I'm just, he doesn't want to see <laughs> You don't want to see Oppenheimer? I do. I just I'm I'm not rushing it at all. I'm like Yeah. It's not Batman. <laughs> Did you like Wait. Inception? I no, he Inception. liked he, he loved Inception and Interstellar. <clears throat> okay, let me ask you this. Were you hyped for Interstellar or Inception the same way you are for, uh, for uh, Oppenheimer? No, and by that I mean lack of lack of hype. No, Interstellar. I was curious. I wouldn't say it was overly hype. Um, Inception. I was very intrigued by because the whole dream aspect and the yeah. different levels was really was really interesting to me. And I the way they shot it and that 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 corridor scene still one of the best scenes in cinema to this day. So. That was really captivating to me. Uh, in Nolan, I trust. Like I, he, he hasn't disappointed yet. So even his worst wasn't hmm. was still great. So you, you, you know what though, with the Inception movie, that outside of like the Dark Knight, you know, trilogy, um, Inception had something going for it that um, Doctor Strange stole, <laughs> which was the folding of the city. Like, like how it folded on it and on itself and they yeah. put that into the trailer and so once you saw that in the trailer you had to be like what is this <laughs> like mm. like and you had to go watch the movie just to find out what was going on mm -hmm. and so that really sold it and oppenheimer has a lot going for it in this marketing but it does it doesn't have like that moment and interstellar had some intriguing stuff in it but i think it it got more of a success after 
people okay. were talking about it yeah. compared to like inception like coming off the heels of because it wasn't that off the heels of the dark knight series or in a mixed in or something like that yeah that movie. yeah was. but when, yeah. You, when you saw that visual everyone was like yo i'm gonna, I'm gonna go watch this because it, it was just so visually intriguing and you're like what is this movie doing <laughs> yeah and interstellar i felt like it it required a second viewing just to really understand it because they they delve into some really deep they went know, deep sci-fi yeah yeah quantum physics and all of that shit and it was like very very heavy and like you definitely need to watch it for a second time to really fully grasp what's going on what i'm finding fascinating from what the early reviews are saying for oppenheimer which has me both scared and also intrigued is the fact that they're saying this movie while not in any way scary you come out Horrible. feeling it's like it feels like you just watched a horror film just because of how intense it was and i'm like that's the most intriguing thing for me. Yeah. I yes. I, I want a visceral feeling, and I, I and it reminds me of like when you're like really young kid back when movies were like, uh, I mean like I, I'm gonna go like even before we were really like conscious like 80s 90s right. Um, oh, okay. When when um I'm not saying we weren't conscious, but you know what I mean like we're like uh, little children, and, and and when that point in time when a movie was like going to to like a like a, a an amusement park like it was a really big thing and you were world. going for feeling something but i mean even for people that were like in their 30s at that point like it was a different the way they would describe going to the movies is very different than how we describe it now and um you know going since star wars when it first came out for the very first time was a visceral experience for people right you know going to see some of the old horror films is a visceral experience you never felt Batman anything like that yeah original batman you never felt anything like that we get a lot of repetition now and so when you see oppenheimer say that they're going to give you an experience that you're like i've never seen a movie that's not a horror film that gives me horror film vibes from something based off of reality oh i'm now i'm intrigued as to what that visceral emotional uh what are the visual emotions it's going to pull out of me that you know i don't know the last flash movie can't do (laughs) And and to the, to that point, I think that's the issue that I have with a lot of the Marvel and DC movies going right now. This is kind of what we were alluding to earlier, where you know, back when like the original Spider-Man came out, it was it 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 enticed you because it was like the, it was almost like the, it was like the first of its kind, and you go in and it, it felt like an event because you're just like wow, like it's like my childhood coming to life. And now because we've gotten so many of these movies that all kind of feel the same, you don't get that same experience, right? Repeated. Like yeah, like with with Endgame, like to to Darcy's point, that was a no, sorry, um, Infinity War. That was a visceral feeling because at the end of that movie, you're whole, you're like, wait, it it ended like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, and you walked out of there, and you're like, "What did I just?" I remember. I think I wa- I watched it with you guys, and I was like, "Yo, what the fuck did I just watch?" Like, you didn't believe me. Life? You kept thinking, "You're like, yo, stop playing." I was I, I was floored because I was just like, "Yeah, that's how they're ending it," and it was it was crazy. Yeah. And you were talking about it for like for however yeah. long until the, the next <laughs> like movie a straight came, right? year. Yeah. Yeah. I think there was a straight year because like we had to watch Ant Man and Captain Marvel in the in the meantime, and that was yeah. like six months between. Yeah, and and that's what. I feel like certain movies are lacking and it's like, that's part of the whole movie going experience. And that's why we now, you and I, Darcy, we, we go like, we've made it a staple. We're like, 
Fast and the Furious only in 4D because we want that experience. Even if the movie is shit, we want to walk out of there and be like, I had a great time and this is a memorable experience that I'm going to cherish regardless of the quality of the movie. And so when you go in and you watch these movies, you want that same experience. You want it, you want it to impact you on an emotional level. Yeah, if Indy still doesn't give me whiplash, it ain't worth it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you gotta, you gotta legitimately feel that shit. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> same with the Mission Impossible movies in a way, because like, mm-hmm. and I would say to to your port tactics, the reason why I still keep watching the Mission Impossible movies well after uh, stopping with Fast and Furious is aside from the fact that the Tom Cruise is still risking his life to entertain us, so I'm like, yo, I'll, I'll buy a ticket <laughs> for that. But also, like, yeah, when he does shit, I'm just like, Ooh. yeah. I I watch Tom Cruise movies because of what he does. Mm-hmm. The stunts. It, it's not. It's like yeah, he's good, he's a good actor. He does a lot of cool stuff. It is his dedication to being the child who wanted to try all of these things and does. It. I saw a behind the scenes clip where it was um, what's his name, Simon Pegg, um, when they're and they're all standing around all the actors and uh, what's her name from um, uh, Garden. I uh, know from Gardens of Gal- Galaxy. Oh, um, Palm, 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 yeah, Palm. So yeah. like, they're like, it's Palm and Simon Pegg, and Tom Cruise is on the ramp doing the motorcycle stunt, and he's like, "Can I we do that. this every film?" And mm-hmm. it just goes off the cliff, and they're all like laughing, but it's like nervous laughter because it's like every time he does, he could die. <laughs> he could die, <laughs> right? It's it's very he's real. Dead. They're like, it's like ha 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 ha, like like right, I've... and you're like, yeah, that's. That's a lot. <laughs> I, I forgot which uh, which Mission Impossible it was, but the one where he has to do the deep diving on uh, in the water, and he has to hold his breath. Oh man, oh, talk 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 about a visceral feeling. Like I have a thing with water. Like watching like people drowning, it gives me like super anxiety. So th- watching that scene was stressing me the fuck out. But like again, it's an exp- it's a visceral experience that you're that that is happening in real time you're just like oh my god i always hold, hold my breath when i watch someone go underwater i hold my breath seeing if i can go Bro. and like i had to breathe like four times the yeah. whole time he was in that thing i'm 100%. like 100 percent. yeah 100 percent. yeah yeah so we just need more experiences more posing questions that have hard answers and less paint by numbers our way through this and i could have told you this story without showing up to the theater yeah or show us a trailer that does the, that tells us the entire story. Yeah. Either, <laughs> yeah. E- either teach me something, make me think, or make me feel something. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and absolutely. not something I've already know, yeah. feel, or I forgot the third one. <laughs> uh, know, feel, or thought. Think, yeah. Yeah. I guess it's just think and thought of the same thing. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Well, well, teach you something, make you think, and then learn, learn, thought, feel. Yeah. 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 And and most films are, are, I'm learning the same thing over again, thinking the same thoughts over again, feeling the same feelings all over again. Nothing is changing. And yeah, yeah, it, it needs to be new. Just a final thought. This kind of goes back to what we were talking about before, but like the reason why I felt No Way Home was a more meaningful film, aside from everything else, is... Unlike other superhero films going on of recent times, including The Flash, No Way Home had Spider-Man, like uh, Tom Holland Spider-Man, actually doing the hard thing to be a hero. Mm-hmm. Not because he wanted to be a hero, because he felt it was the right thing to do. Like the objectively, unequivocally the right thing to do. And it's like, I got to save these people, even though they're villains. Fuck pragmatism. Mm-hmm. Good point. Yeah. 
Yeah, good point. All right, volume back to UT for our closing remarks. All right, well, this has been another edition of the Geeky Bros Podcast. We want to thank you guys, as always, for tuning in wherever you are, whether you're listening uh, on Spotify or you're watching here live or watching later. We thank you. Please like, favorite, and subscribe, and we'll see you guys next week. I'm your boy, Tactics. Yo, it's just Darcy here. And this is Big Geek Umar. Live long and prosper, y'all. Were you posing just now? Oh, gosh. Oh, my gosh. Stop it.